Well, here's the deal, Bobby. If you want to have fun, tune in to Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. John Redcorn said it's one of the most interesting and sometimes funny podcasts you could ever hear. I think it's always funny, except when that Buck Sullivan's on there. I've never found him funny. I do. He's got fruit pies. Thank you for checking into this edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. Before we get started, I wanted to remind all of you to subscribe to the CEP on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Google Play to keep the variety coming straight to your ear holes with the automaticity. And you can also download our episodes on the launching pad for all things Cerebral at thecepodcast.com. Anyone who needs to contact us for booking information or simply to say what's up can do so by emailing us at cerebral at thecepodcast.com. And of course, we also greatly appreciate you showing us all of your love and support on the socials by liking and following the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast pages on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Now, for this edition of the CEP, we bring you Jeff Johnson and Buzz Sutherland. Jeff, along with his wife and daughter, is the owner and proprietor of Laughing Gas Comedy in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, which is an all-new 7,000-square-foot venue that houses both the Laughing Gas Comedy Club and the huge N2O Lounge. Both are very impressive. And Buzz is an outstanding comic that has a long-standing history with Jeff, and so he came down to provide the comedy for the launch of this new endeavor. Buzz definitely had me in tears a couple of times on the mic and off the mic with some of his stories, and so if you ever get the opportunity to see him on stage, you gotta do it you shan't be disappointed and if you are ever in the cape Girardeau, missouri area be sure to stop by laughing gas comedy to see a show and maybe lounge in the lounge but without further introduction i bring you jeff johnson and buzz sutherland Hey, everybody. Welcome back to yet another edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. Another riveting edition, by the way. And I am James, and with me as always is my good friend Colt. You know it. We are here at Laughing Gas Comedy, all the way in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. This place, it still smells fresh. Do you believe it's actually real? You're here. Well, yeah. I mean, now that I'm here, I didn't believe it until I actually walked in. But I didn't, um, especially since the last time we've seen it. Right. It was nowhere near this. Owner and proprietor, Jeff Johnson. How you doing today, Jeff? Uh, fantastic, but let me correct you, co-owner. Co-owner, I'm sorry. I do this without the help of my beautiful wife, okay. Dr. Kara Johnson, DMD, a certain smile. Absolutely. In Jackson, Missouri, 243-6850 for your uh, new patient exam. Yeah. You would have gotten in a lot of trouble blood. if you didn't say all that just now, right? Well, it's not called laughing gas nitrous oxide N2O for uh, nothing. <laughs> right, yeah. There's there's some uh, It's all about the commercial. Here, right? There's a connection right. here, right? right? Every chance you talk about laughing gas, you can also connect that to the dentistry. Uh, if you'll notice behind me, there's a 1930s dental chair. Yes. And um, we're all about making people smile so we can see their teeth. Right. And then we can walk up to people and hand out business cards at the end of the show. Sweet. I love it. With us all as well is Buzz Sutherland. Buzz... <laughs> We can, we can add that track in later, can't we? Yeah, I've got some pretty good sound effects, but his was great. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not trying to take away from that. <laughs> I had a good sound effect. <laughs> Buzz, just a run-through of what you do. You're a comedian. Right. You work with, you're also a keynote speaker. Yes, I am. Correct? Yes, I am. You work with, well, you work crowds. You work <laughs> with churches. You work with, right? You work with uh, the, the, the military. Seas. It's the seas. It's, uh, I started off and got really lucky and blessed and was a, uh, got my foot in the door and then all that kind of stuff. It was just a fairy tale. And, but you, I got really lucky right when I started by going in to clubs. And uh, I started off as an MC, and that lasted about a month. And then 
I went to the middle act, and that lasted about a week because the headliner didn't get along with the middle act at all. And so they started headlining me. I had like three minutes of material and had to do 45 and still went long. And so then from college, from the clubs that I did from 85 to about 91, then I started going into colleges and I did, uh, I've done 3,776 college performances Holy according cow. to the IRS. <laughs> wow. I know. If you had 3,776 of anything and you threw it on the ground, this would be, it's crazy. I mean, it really is it, uh, to look back. And he drove me to probably uh, 1,500 to 2,000 of them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So how did you guys meet? We were wondering that on the way up, kind of uh, postulating some mm -hmm. possibilities of Craig's how you guys list. met. <laughs> Craigslist. So you were on there as an ad. You were running no, an ad was, for even was, actually. You know, it's funny because even before Craigslist, um, you know, as a child growing up in St. Louis, uh, I'll never forget my first interaction with him because I'd seen him working at the Funny Bone in St. Louis, <laughs> and I and I always thought I was like, man, I know this guy from somewhere, and. Uh, he was the host of a kids show on oh, Channel 11 yeah. up there. So he would go on in between like DuckTales and all that stuff after in the, in the afternoon, Disney afternoon. And he was like, hey, kids, this is Uncle Buzz. And I, and I finally Uncle figured Buzz out. <laughs> Uncle Buzz. Is that pervy? I can find footage that proves it. Sweet. So uh, I, remember, I remember going up to him one time and I'm like, I knew it. You're that guy from Channel 11 Kids Afternoon. And he's like, you'll never talk about that again. And like. <clears throat> scared the crap out of me. Uh, I was just like, okay, well, apparently I'm not allowed to talk to comedians, so I'm going to walk away now. And that's kind of where it just went on from there. But uh, so actually, I've known this man almost my whole life and didn't even and know. And looking wow. back, he understands that I was, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a dick. All the comics hate me and I'm just full of hate. And he stands up for me because uh, he knows now that when I was walking by him, I was either good beelining for some woman or somebody who's going make me in the bathroom for and <laughs> I, was, I was really I never talk about that again and, and so but after that uh he was doing my sound in the in my show in the in the westport uh hole and then i started going out and uh, when you're medicated and you're driving 12 hours it's better to let somebody else do it and so he started going along and then um Boy, we uh, we had some adventures over all those times, that's for sure. Right? Did you say what year you started? Did I uh, no, that? I didn't. Okay. I didn't. <laughs> Will you, please? You never ask a lady her age <laughs> or her weight. weight. But I'll, I'll tell you my weight. I'm real proud of what's going on. I've lost 86 pounds. I got three weeks to live, but um, I got started. I was at the University of Missouri in. Um, I went, I, I walked on the football team and, um, Woody Wodenhofer was the coach, Woody's wagon. And I got to play cornerback and we played Oklahoma. And, um, I was, I was covering the second wide out and I, I would never forget it this forever. I had to backpedal with this guy and I'd watch the quarterback and I was like, oh, you got the worst quarterback in the world. He overthrew you. Nice catch. And then we lost 63 to nothing. It was pretty much my fault. The entire thing was just on me. And so I was walking back across campus. I saw all these people lined up by Jesse Hall. And I asked them, I said, what's going on? They said, there's a comedian here tonight. And then I went up to the front of the line and talked to this lady. I go, what's going on? She said, there's a comedian tonight. It's already uh, sold out. But she could stand back here by me, Kathy. Uh, I forget her last name. She, Kathy, 
uh, said, stand back by me. And, and then the, I mean, she said that the lights went down. And they go, ladies and gentlemen, the University of Missouri welcomes Jerry Seinfeld. And this little kid walks out on stage. Because at that time, all comics wore the same uniform. It was like blue jeans, a white T-shirt, and then a black jacket on top with the sleeves rolled up. And he walks out and he goes, football is a stupid thing. And they go crazy because we just got our asses kicked 63 to nothing. And then he went on to go, you ever notice? And, you ever notice? You ever notice? And I said, he's getting paid for this? And she goes, actually, he's doing quite well. And little did we know he'd go on to make $200 million an episode or whatever it is. Right. But uh, within, I walked out of that auditorium went and packed up all my stuff and went to funny bone in st louis and i said i want to be a comedian i'd love to sit and do nothing and make money out of it because i've been doing all sorts of stuff and getting i was in my fourth college at mizzou i'm not bragging and then uh they said we got can't be a comedian it's uh we got wait we need waiters and so i got a uh i had my table set and everything and then they called up ron ramey to come on stage and he wasn't in the room and so i ran up on the stage and uh, did three minutes, and then when I came off, this lady came over and she goes, "That was wonderful. We would love for you to be part of our charity." And I went, "Well, I'm a comedian. That's what we do. We give them back." And <laughs> you know, I've been in the business three minutes now, and so it ended up being the very first uh, comic relief homeless uh, thing, HBO comic relief with Whoopi Goldberg and Robin Williams and uh, Billy Crystal. And so we had wow. they flew me out there, and I'm like, "This is gonna be cake," you know. And, I fly out there and we had to sit at the table the day before to do the reading for what we're going to do. And they said, uh, we know everybody, but this is Buzz. We just met him. Um, Buzz, you'll go on first into an hour and then you got a four hour break and go back to the hotel or whatever, watch or then you go back on and do an hour. And then, um, and I'm going, no, I won't. No, I'm not. I don't. No, it's going to be the same as the first hour, and I don't know what the first hour is going to be. And so, it actually went really, really great. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was. I had to improv right off the bat, and so I, I built myself for a long time after that. I got six minutes; I can go as long as you want. And um, I spent the first five minutes on stage going, "I know you don't like me, but I'm going to be funny. Just wait, just wait." <laughs> And uh, the other acts that I worked with just hated it because an hour later they were going, they were, it was, they didn't remember their other ones' names or what they looked like or, or they go, hey, you, oh, you're getting some recognition. Go get me some ice. They didn't get any respect at all. Mm. And so uh, uh, so then colleges and then uh, from that, corporations. So the C's and uh, corporate is where the uh, keynote comes in. And so sometimes it's uh, like 70% funny and then 30% message. Mm -hmm. But uh a lot of times nowadays, especially if you're doing that at uh, a school, they talk about bullying. And then also, uh, if you do a keynote like I have coming up in June, it's for nurses. They want me to do really my message about family and working together and looking people and making eye contact and working. It basically boils down to if you aren't getting along with people at work, then treat them the way you treat your people at home. And if you don't get along with people at home, treat them the way you treat people at work. And if you're getting not along with either one of them, it's you. Go look in the mirror. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and just uh, make eye contact, be honest. And that's what uh, we've gotten away from in this country is that nobody looks at each other anymore. And uh, sadly enough, the, the most beautiful days are September 12th, 13th, and 14th 
because that made us forget race, made us forget gender, made us forget, you know, uh, faith or religion. And so if somebody had a flat tire, hey, man, how can I help? And everybody checked on everybody. But about the 15th, people went, oh, shit. They'll they'll take care of themselves. I told you my game comes on in 11 minutes. We ain't going to make that. They're just going to kick it off. And and so um, I think then after that, of colleges, I went to – I went to Vegas and had a show at uh, corporates and corporates and colleges. I still do. I still do a lot of colleges in August. That's when orientation is, and so they have to have a an act they can depend on, and it's just clean. And then um, at uh, the corporates, I do a lot more keynote now than I'm the entertainment and emceeing. It's so many. It's so funny that they have me come in just to talk. You know, just to work a microphone and. I just did Sony, and they have their own teleprompters, and the big wigs are reading these things, and they're all they're doing is patting each other on the back, and I have to go up and then introduce somebody, and I go sit down, and uh, the the president of Sony's going, he's reading the teleprompter. This next gentleman is a good friend and the epitome of what we're striving for, <laughs> and I'm like, and you're leading, you're in charge. Maybe I'll get out of entertainment and lead a whole big company of Fortune 500 situation, but so I think that, you know, so you corp college corporations and then uh, going to Vegas and so throw it in there. Uh, that's when uh, Vegas, uh, did you see my show in Vegas? I did not. Uh, I'm trying to find the dude that did, but this is only one person <laughs> came in. So <laughs> I ran away and I ran away and joined the, uh, actually I did uh, some shows for the, uh, for the troops and and stateside to get rid of an issue that I had going on, I worked out a plea deal and um, it went really well. And then I started to, get to go overseas and do some shows for the troops. And now I've done uh, over fifteen hundred shows total, but over four hundred in kill zones. Are you saying you turned comedy into community service? I didn't say that. <laughs> But <laughs> that's pretty awesome. I'm just well, saying. Well, yeah, oh, I've, 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 <laughs> I've, I've had a lot of community. Well, I've been yeah. uh, I've been through a lot of community service, and I gotcha. so okay. one time I I went up to Hazelwood in St. Louis and did those. They said all you got to do is come up here and we'll give you five hours for an hour of work, and but it was they get to the Hazelwood the bus drops them off at seven and they got from seven to eight in the theater sitting there before the bell rings. And it is not welcoming area for me. Being white trash from Alabama, going out there in front of those guys was like a nightmare. But so I earned that. That, uh, <laughs> but the other hours, you know, you could take a dime bag to somebody and they'd sign the card. You know. <laughs> so then working overseas, I realized about halfway through that instead of waiting all the way to get back to the states, I could get on a uh, cruise ship and make bank coming back to the United States and be on a cruise ship and then um the incident <laughs> so i just started working another cruise line and then um and then i think that uh that was about when i was about to go into rehab again it's kind of cool hey we uh we spare no expense here at laughing guys comedy with I the 55 inch monitors on the golden tees yeah that's pretty awesome. It's nice. No, I'm just trying to think. That, you know, being on those uh, ships, and then I checked out for a while in 2012 and stayed over out of the United States. And <laughs> and then uh, then when I got uh, 
my practice wife and I are my first, my Julie. Uh, no names. Oh, I, uh, then uh, Miss Sutherland. Um, <clears throat> we had some things going on, so I moved. I wanted to get out of the way, and I moved to South Carolina, and so I live in South Carolina now. And uh, I still, I have for since August. Uh, I've been. This has been my dream: is that uh, laughing gas would come to fruition because. Uh, you know, like you're doing, like we're all doing right now. He and I sat in next to each other while he drove everywhere, and he didn't get to talk. I talked the entire time. We didn't couldn't play the radio. It was all my rules, and so he got to learn a lot about a lot of things. And also, oh, bad things would be around Buzz because you get to go. No, I'll handle it. And he did. He handled it all the time, and and so he knows my show, and then he knows more about what goes on on my side of the microphone than most club owners. And so mm -hmm. I don't. As a voice actor or as a, somebody who does um, stuff like that, it's really important to have the omnidirectional uh, microphones that are just so hot and that light's so good. And when I got started in, in San Francisco, out when I moved out there, I got uh, the Holy See Zoo and uh, Cobb's Comedy Club. They both set like 70 people. And so this seats 180 or 200 people, but it only feels like 70 people. It feels like I opened, uh, remember uh, MTV Unplugged? I do. Absolutely. I was doing the middle when they tear down this band and another band was coming out. They did it for a day. And so I had to go out there and do that. But it didn't really have to do that. I loved it. I mean, I, I, I love music. And so I loved being the, uh, the middle part. But it was, that, it was really raw seeing them play, you know, uh, Metallica and all those people playing acoustic. And this is what it is in here. You don't really need a microphone at all because everybody's this close. And so yeah. that can be a good thing or that can be a bad thing. Mm -hmm. right? and I'm not Gallagher, so it's a good thing. Right, yeah. <laughs> nice. So this has been a long time coming, Jeff, and it's good to see the place up and running. It looks beautiful, by the way. The last time Colt and I were here, it was still heavily under construction. Yeah. And I could see through these walls. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See the, a lot of things going on that now it's, this is a beautiful place. Well, thank you. And yeah. so, uh, what do you think so far, man? Where, where are we at? You got to be like on cloud nine right now for this to be up and rolling there. You know, it's, uh, it, it, it's cool. It's a, it's the greatest feeling in the world to actually be able to see it in motion. Um, because for the longest time it was only in my head, you know, I mean, I could walk you guys through and I could, I could tell you where things were going to go. I could, I, I had it all in my head, what it was going to look like. And it actually, for the first time ever, it turned out exactly how I wanted it to look in my head. Um, now granted, I had nothing to do with like how beautiful it looks. You know, my wife helped me with all that stuff because I'm colorblind and I have no idea how to <laughs> make things look nice. So he really is. He is. <laughs> I've seen pictures. He drew like uh, it's green and brown. You get mixed up or red and yeah, yeah. And so he had like a green horse and a and a brown and brown feet eating and a barn was like yellow and I'm like all right, <laughs> <laughs> Picasso. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it, it, it. I mean, it's. Um, you know, we we've uh, we just kicked off, so we had a soft opening last weekend where I had a you know I, I invited I don't know like 100 125 people to t show on Friday and show on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Gave the staff basically baptism by fire, see what happens, you know, and and uh, they all passed the test. Everything was good, so we decided to go ahead and go live. So this week we started off what our normal schedule is going to be. So we opened up Thursday, and uh, you know, so obviously marketing and promotions and all that stuff is huge, but. I didn't really do any, you know, other than social media. And so Thursday night we opened the doors, see what happens, you know, and we ended up with, uh, you know, like 30 people or so, you know, and, and it's, 
uh, a far good, good 30. It was, and yeah. that's the thing though. Like, they were excited to be here. Right. You know, they, they, nice. they knew and they were like, Hey, it's Thursday and they're, we could be the first people to come in. And, that, and so they were ready, you know, and they came in, the staff was disappointed because they just had 250 people shows, but I had set that up, you know, I mean, I made it that way. And so I said, this is life. Here we go. All right. So 30 people show I made it that way. <laughs> so then uh, that kind of draw. We, we moved on to uh, like, you know, normal week, Friday night, one show. And then again, tonight we're going to do two shows. First time we're going to do two shows, but uh, just the growth go from uh, just that social media push going from 30 people to um, we jumped up to like right under a hundred people last night. And so tonight the, the numbers, the numbers are irrelevant as far as like, reservations because people i still haven't had the chance to educate the people on doing that mm-hmm. so uh hopefully um anybody who has any experience going to comedy clubs that live here now will tell people hey call 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 right. because that's gonna help me staff properly but that's my problem to worry about right it's just getting the name out there i don't care if everybody walks up without a reservation i'm gonna sell the tickets you know right. so um but i and people don't understand the methods to my madness as far as why i staff or how many people and what's going on but uh, you know, it's when you're, it's hard when you're the only one that gets it, you know, everybody's second guessing you and, you know, everybody wants to jump the gun and like, let's start calling and giving away tickets. No, 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 no. There, you know, we need to crawl before we walk. I want, I don't want 200 people in here tonight. You know, I, yeah, I would love to have 200 people in here tonight, but I want everybody's experience to be great. And you can't just come out day one. There, there's another local business right over there that, I mean, the minute they opened, they were packed and all they had were a bunch of 19 year old, 20 year old people working in there and everybody's experience was horrible. And the minute, the minute any feedback came out, you know, and that's the reputation you get. So, I mean, this club is going to be reputable for having fantastic comedy every week, no matter who it is. And, uh, the service is going to be good. I mean, and within time, it's going to be stellar, you know? So even though right now you walk in, if you, if you guys come tonight, you're going to get taken care of. Um, but you come back in six months and it'd be a completely different experience on the service side. Right. Shows are always going to rock. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, that's all people are talking mm-hmm. about because that makes up for the slow service. That makes up for the, the long line that makes up for, for as soon as that light goes on, the microphone goes on, everybody's absorbed into that world. And that's what I want. So, so give us the schedule one more time. No, you that you're gonna... Hold on, man. That was awesome. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, you killed it. That I was. It. I know. I have it in my lap here. Sorry about that. Though. I'm trying not uh, to cry. I'm just like, <laughs> going up. I mean, used to use a microphone. You know, that was. Did you stay up all night practicing that? That was beautiful, wasn't it? This is his second time on the podcast. So. Well, it's the future. He's, I mean, it's not. I mean, the radio and all these things to try to do. They try to say they're going to pack the club and do all this stuff. I don't. I don't believe in any of it. I don't believe in uh, anything but word of mouth. And then what word of mouth is people that come in that club and see the show and see how much they have put into it, and how much they care. But then those people, same thing with your podcast. They'll hear, and somebody was going to go, "You got to go hear this idiot that was on uh, mental awareness and uh, or cerebral entertainment." And um, that's word of mouth, is it? Because when somebody you know comes in here and then they go, "Hey, I'm Saturday night. You're going with me. Where? We're going. Going. Who's going to be there?" I don't know, but it's going to be good. Absolutely. Who is it? Buck Sullivan. I've, he's one of my favorites. <laughs> Buck. I've seen him. <laughs> Since he was on Disney, but uh, and so it's just word of mouth is going to be a big thing. I mean, there's a and, and, 
Cape has to learn how to go out to do this. Right. But once they do it, every person that's walked out of that door is going, we're going to be back. I can't wait to come back. And then all the reviews on the stuff that uh, people send me messages that, uh, when why can't you be here all the time? There's a restraining order. I can only be here two weeks, two weeks out of the year, and I'm on my eleventh day now. So did Jeff put on right? Oh no no no. He, uh, <laughs> well, and true true to his point though. I mean, we've we've been open we've been open two nights, and we've had repeat customers who are awesome. coming back. I mean, they came Thursday, they came Friday, brought more people, and then they're coming tonight. I mean, like they're they're bringing their friends because they're like one, they had such a great time. I mean, the show. Even if it's the same guy, it's never the same show. I mean, it, you just—it's live. You don't know what's going right. to happen. So, um, these people feel confident enough to go get their friends, come back, spend fifteen more dollars to get in, and know that they're still going to be entertained right. because it's—you know—it's unpredictable. You, and and so the fact that these people who live outside the box, you know, and don't and, and aren't from around here, are willing to start spreading the word, you know. And so hopefully, the people who are from here who don't know what stand-up comedy is of all other than what they see on TV, this experience is 10 times better than watching it on Netflix or watching anything or just even if you like a guy and you listen to his podcast, you can laugh at it. But when you're there and it's in your lap, mm-hmm. I mean, all day long, that priceless, right. it's priceless. Yes. I mean, so, so I, mean, but, I know, I know you're counting on, um, having a lot of repeat customers and things like that. And like you said, you're going to have people that are going to come in here regardless if they know, even know who's up on stage that night or not, which is awesome. Um, but are you, how how is your promotion going to work? Are you going to be promoting things weeks out as far as who's coming in, or how, oh yeah, how's when, that going to work? When you go to when you go to the website n2ocomedy.com, it'll have a calendar. Okay. So it'll have right now. I've only posted the entire. I've got the entire month of May and pretty much June booked, but I only have May on the calendar. So I don't want to go too far in advance right. because you end up kind of cutting your own throat. If people see eight weeks, then they might wait to come see that one. But if you give them four weeks, then you know, you're kind of narrowing it down. Right. And true to your point again, um, I do I do want the repeat customers, but Cape is kind of a, a truck stop, if you will. You know, we're right in the middle of Memphis and St. Louis, right. so it's where hey, I got to pee. You know, people get out. You know, but so <laughs> I gotta pee, let's go and to you've got a steak and shake. So and no, yeah. nobody ever had a reason to stay. You know, <laughs> right. they yeah. never. So all of a sudden, uh, there's some there's a reason to stay. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you end up. Uh, there's the Cape is huge for like soccer tournaments and, and all this youth stuff. They get lots of tournaments and, and lots of uh, corporate events. There's a lot of huge corporations in Cape where, you know, Procter and Gamble and all these things. I mean, so there's out of towners coming in all the time. There's nowhere to go. Mm. We have a casino that's not open 24 hours a day. And like, so past that you've got a movie theater and steak and shake, you know? Right. Right. So, and 131 breweries. Yes. Uh, you got the Holiday Inn by Drury. Uh, you got the Drury by Drury. <laughs> you got Drury Southwest. Right. Pear Tree. And, and you got Pear Tree by Drury. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why you give Hampton Inn by Drury. Go down Drury. to Drury, take a left, go to Drury's, take a right to the Pear Tree. It's off Drury you, Avenue. You're going to see a burnt down Drury. Go left. Mama's it's, house is right there behind the waffle house. It, it's, it's amazing that, um, I mean, I'm, they've, they've done a lot for the community, but they, they own the city. So, yeah, right. uh, yeah, but I think, you know, getting those, getting the repeat. And then, uh, if that, if that gives me 50% of my room, fantastic. And if the rest of it is people just coming in from out of town going, Hey, Cape was Cape wasn't like this last time, you know, cause even just right here in this plaza, we've had four businesses open in the last six months, you know, like right. all brand new businesses. <laughs> um, 
And just in this plaza they, alone, they, we've had four cars broken into. <laughs> and the funny thing is that all of them started construction after me and opened before me. So uh, <laughs> they're juries. <laughs> they know a guy. Got to know a guy. <laughs> they just don't have the same vision as you. That's what it is. Um, but it, going back to what you asked, the schedule. The schedule is going to be weekly, um, Thursday one show, Friday one show, Saturday two shows. So you go Thursday, 7.30, Friday, 7.30, Saturday, 7.30, and 9.30. Nice. And so we're sitting in the lounge right now, the Laughing Guys Lounge. So same hours, different hours, what, what goes uh, on in The here? lounge is uh, hopefully going to be the destination happy hour for Cape. Um, okay. So it'll be Monday through Saturday, and um, during the weekdays, we open at 4. Um, we don't have a kitchen. Uh, we're working on maybe getting some some finger food type stuff. Um, but right now we're, we're just going to open up at four and then on the weekends we'll open up a little earlier, um, if there's any kind of a crowd warranted and then on show nights, it stays open until the, the last person leaves gotcha. on, uh, you know, the weeknights. You got to do bagel bites. Ooh, bagel bites. Who doesn't like a bagel bite? It's true. Right? They are good. But it, you know, just Chris, I want to address what you're saying. It, it, these days it's all about websites and, and, and they have great websites and, and, the comics that are going to come here, when I came through to do the first time when we were promoting in November and went on those shows, and but it's not going to be like a regular comedy club like the Hole in St. Louis or any of these other places. It's going to be something special because the people he knows uh, have so much respect for him, the comic side of it, that uh, I don't work clubs, but I would go to the end of the world for him. He's got that kind of reputation from the industry. And so... It, you're going to have some people that are going to come here that uh, you wouldn't go seriously. They're here. And uh, it's because they can go. It's not calling a favor so much as uh, when everything when I got started, any people, I have so many great stars gave me. I started out with uh, Jonathan Winters and Red Skelton. Mm, wow. And I was, nice. you know, what do you do to pay them back? And they all gave me the same advice. Do it for somebody else. Yeah. And that's all the really great people in the industry really have a high opinion on and so if you have you can't have everybody excited about 16 weeks in a row and right. so um it's uh it's a it's a hard deal to do that same thing with how many reservations you could take and so you know you could take 840 people show up and so you know it's just a weird thing you have to feel it all out but cape is also uh it is not a truck stop it's a it's a wonderful, wonderful place. Jackson, now that's totally different. That's way <laughs> over, and I'm I'm not going to mess with that drive. I, it's two and a half joints to get there, and so I don't go to Jackson. But no, it's so crazy that all the little towns around here, and then Semo. I came there for like twelve years in a row because they had a uh, pancake breakfast and right before the finals, so people could take a break at night and go study and whatever. And so the, everywhere around here, once they find out about you, then they're 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 on you. Mm -hmm. This lady that's come, like he said, Thursday, Friday, and then said, I'm coming tomorrow night, and I'm bringing a year, going to be funny again, right? And now, <laughs> Saturday night that I take off, and just, you know, it's not really a busy night. <laughs> Thursdays are the ones I try hardest on, to be honest with you. But you're going to see not only the headliners, but uh, the other acts that are in town, the guys that he's had me work with are really top-notch guys. I mean, they're really entertaining, and there's not a bad seat in there. And so I think that, once again, that the uh, the the quality of entertainment that's going to be in there is going to be what makes the difference. You know, it's going to be such a great, great plethora of comedy that when these people come out, that uh, 
they can't help but want to come back, mm-hmm. and that's a good thing, you know. Right. Who, who headlined the first night, or the I guess soft opening? Is that what you want to consider it? Uh, Buzz Buzz kicked us off, and okay. uh, so we we asked him to stick around and do the actual first live week too. So okay, was was Bobby J Cox down here? For that Bobby came one? down for uh, he featured the first night, okay. and then uh, he switched out with Tim Convey, okay, uh, up there, uh, St. Louis guy. Not That's Tim Conway. I got excited too. It was a totally different, <laughs> different guy. Different guy, yeah. A little bit younger. So we had the we had the two different guys and like this this whole week has been JC Sabala. He's come okay. down mm-hmm. to feature. So Okay. Cool. Yeah, JC did a great social media um, I don't know what you call it, but he just started calling out a bunch of people who friend him and then immediately asked they asked him to like his page. And he called every one of them out in one post. He just went oh, down wow. and posted. I thought it was great. I thought it was spectacular. I, don't, I just thought I'd throw that in there because it, it really <laughs> impacted me. I thought, what a what a neat idea. Just call everybody out on social media for, you know, why not? It's comedy, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well the, the weird thing about the weird thing about social media is like ever since this has been announced, I get I get multiple friend requests a day from people I have no idea who they are. Mm-hmm. And it, it's either people who are interested in the club just because it's cool or sure aspiring comedians but yet none of them like send a message and introduce themselves say who they are so i mean i've got i've got a pending friend list here because you don't be rude and delete it kind well i guess i should yeah <laughs> i mean at some point you have to I, in fact <laughs> i friend them and tell them why i'm about to delete it <laughs> <laughs> and block so uh, if i haven't accepted you yet yeah. send a message this this is why I, i've seen jc though uh, at helium and he's hilarious He's yeah, he's done really well. Um, you know he's he's been in the business for a while now, and uh, he's he's conducted himself very well here. And uh, you know, I don't have a personal relationship with him because he kind of started as I was leaving St. Louis. But um, you know, I'm glad to see that you know they're they're still trying to cultivate and come up with some really good people. So absolutely. So Buzz Sutherland. That yep. sounds like a and the name of a general. Yeah. in the U.S. Army who just invaded Iraq <clears throat> Thank or you. possibly Afghanistan. So I'm really proud of that. <laughs> so it's something Field that you... Team Six, I'm the only one left. You've worked uh, with the military, but you have a you have a positive message in your comedy. It, it's uh, clean, right? Kind of clean uh, cut. Well, yes. And this is the only club I work. And so um, as you were talking about uh, JC, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, if somebody goes up and does adult material, then it's, uh, it sets a tone for the show. And so my show in here might be a little bit, P- it's like PG-13 in um, normal places, like Shrek. And then you, or the old Foghorn Leghorn, you know, it was a, I'll say, get up here, Richard. You know, he just called him a, and so uh-huh. it's a, innuendos and stuff like that. But when you go into a comedy club, you kind of uncork the uh, Gretzky bourbon and have a longer show and it gets a little bit risque sometimes. But my, I made a, a living out of, uh, being clean and doing colleges and, uh, and, and, and representing brands. The keynote and stuff like that is, uh, very important to these people. They, entertainers, uh, we're so narcissistic. We start believing the, the posters that we're really somebody and we're not. We're the idiots. We're the guys at the king's feet with the bells on our thing. Do you want me to juggle today? Got business. See you tomorrow. And so we, that's who we are. We're idiots. But, um, yeah, I think that, what'd you say? <laughs> Just kind of asking about the, the clean approach, you know, the clean cut. Oh, uh, shit. Not, yeah. not getting too raunchy, but you said in the club you get to loosen up a little bit. Yeah, and that's the thing. And But 
if you go, it's the degree that, and I guess it happened about 1991 that, uh, Kurt Cobain told everybody, if you just paint yourself black and you don't have to be join a fraternity or sorority, be cool and you can just be mad all the time. And so politically correct came out and people didn't realize how politically correct changes the career. I got a guy, a show in Denver recently, but it was for a church group. Mm. And if you say, OMG, if you don't say, oh, my goodness, or oh, my gosh, but uh-huh. if you say something else, that is offensive to those people. Sure. And so it's you have to walk a very, very thin line, but I walk it so far into the clean part that uh, when I'm doing those shows, and I work for children, too, and so when I'm doing those things, I work so much in the vanilla ice cream area. That's what I call myself. I'm vanilla ice cream. 95% of the world likes vanilla ice cream, and there's 5% that don't. That's their, that's their uh, rights, and so... But I want to, I want the majority of people to, to like me where a lot of people have a niche or a, a group or a following. And mm-hmm. the only that thing I have like that is, uh, the haters. I've got like terrorist cells around that, uh, not like Nickelback's got an army of haters. I've <laughs> yeah, got, right. just, yeah. You've got pockets of resistance. Yeah. 14 year olds and want to be comics that I'm a comedian. Oh, when are you going to be on? Well, I work up at Sears. I, where's, where's men's shoes on men's feet? Just teasing the escalator and so <laughs> you're not a comic you know i pay my bills or i'm supposed to pay my bills with the money i make from uh entertainment and so um it's a crazy crazy thing when you get into who's really a comedian and who's not a comedian sure and, um you know yeah so yeah it's, it's interesting though i guess that your your audience dictates how raunchy you are how clean you are or, or whatever kind of dictates your your act kind well of. Right. Most of the time it's completely clean, which is yeah. the, the ironic thing or the hypocrisy in it is that I'm known as the guy that did the duck having sex on the radio. And so um, any college, the reason they brought me is because they could go, you know, the guy that does a. Oh, that feels so good. Oh, I love it when you do. Oh, yeah. Who's your guy? Who's your guy? Oh, slow down, slow, slow. <laughs> Stay right there. Don't move. Don't move. Only on cerebral entertainment. <laughs> that uh, the colleges could have fill their auditoriums, and then uh, in corporates they could bank on a clean show, and they can't have somebody come in there and do something. To, it's all brand. It's mm, branding. Right. So I learned from working with my friends and everybody at Nestle, Perina, Ralston, and whatever you're calling yourself <laughs> this week, checkerboard. Um, that everything branding. I had to go to this class, and then it with Disney, everything is branding. You're always representing that brand. Right. And so yeah. uh, every I think it's every 63 feet there's a trash can. If you walk by as an employee, a piece of trash on the ground, and you don't pick it up and put it in a trash can, you get written up. Mm-hmm. I mean, from Eisner all the way down to Buck Sullivan. <laughs> Didn't they take so, Nestle off the name? Why? Yeah, oh. I think it's because the chocolate kills dogs or something like that. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, for the audience out there who's just listening right now, the face that you make when you do the duck thing, that's what you gets okay? me. Get, I'm crying. I'm crying. Oh, it's the face. So now, wouldn't it be funny if he could do, like, a female version? Oh, my gosh. I thought that was the female version. <laughs> oh, that's, that's the face you're looking at. <laughs> now I figured out who's in the house above my window. <laughs> right. Female would go. Oh, almost got yet. Almost got yet. Almost, almost, almost. Oh, I forgot to tell you something. <laughs> Hold on, 
on one more time, <laughs> but it, do, this time do it in Spanish. <laughs> I had to write stuff on my. When Al Gore invented the internet, that thing uh, was the number one wave file. They, they took it as a cart from the radio and put it on uh, the internet. They sent it all over the world and spaced and back down to us, clotted dirt. But I would go anywhere. We were in uh, Amsterdam uh, one time and. We had taken some cold medicine or something, and um, it's cute. He's acting like he remembers a trip to Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the video, <laughs> and so we're out there. It's like a rave before this whole EDM thing started, and you, and the guys was like, "Are you listening to this?" I'm like, "Yes, yeah, awesome." He's like, "Listen," and I just, "Oh, who's your daddy?" And I'm like. No I think way. we took too much of the medicine <laughs> <laughs> driving through Indiana. You know, go driving through Indiana one night and um, from a gig, I think it was Ohio State the night, and I just drive back to St. Louis and I'm listening to Indiana basketball. And every time they shoot a three pointer, who's your daddy? What's that? Timothy Robbins? Is that the speaker that, uh, isn't that Robbins? Tony Robbins. Tom and Tony. In his show, he has, who's your daddy? It's like a cue. And so, um, then all of a sudden they started on Apple. You can go in and get a ringtone and you can go on all these cell phone companies and get your ringtone. And this and is all your sample from, from the radio. Yes. Wow. And other people claim to have done it and, and whatever, whatever, but it's me. Uh, wow. Yeah, I know. And I've, I've gotten no money from any of those people for doing that. And so, but the, the reality of it is, is, uh, I wouldn't have gotten any of those shows if I didn't do that. I wouldn't have gotten any of the, it all works out. It all works out in the end. Unfortunately, nice. I found out a lot about karma. Yeah. Well, I mean, you stole it from Donald Duck anyway, right? I mean, I'm sorry? You stole it from Donald Duck anyway. I mean, in, in essence, well, I mean, right? not really. Uh, I don't think Donald Duck is even that voice. I think the Donald Duck's a lot more sloppy. He's, uh, <laughs> that, you know, the difference, people come up, you're Daffy Duck. It's not Daffy, that's the right. competition. But the ducks, I did uh, a lot of work at Disney when they have animation studio and people come and they see how cartoons are made. And I had to do the voices for them. We'll go behind the characters when they make a wish and that kind of stuff and do Winnie the Pooh and Goofy and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it is, it's a crazy thing to see somebody watching a little Asian girl in a Winnie the Pooh sweatsuit because it's just a thousand degrees in Orlando and the kid hears me go, oh, Christopher Robin, and the little kid's smart enough to look behind the thing and move them out of the way and, hey, I want to be your friend. Oh, well, I got a lot of friends. And so it's, uh, it's a good deal, you know. That nice. answer it? Yes. I need a button. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you're you just were. accepting the fact that you're not making money off of any of that. Because well, yeah, I mean, right. I did. I mean, it, a, it, it, it goes around, comes around. I've got uh, uh, six of uh, those un law things in Missouri where monies are sitting somewhere. I had two law or two years I went through lawsuits suing people for using it. And even Apple, uh, I said, take it down. And uh, they said, well, that's not even doing It's not worth it. The email was like, it's not even worth you going through it, the legal part of it because it's not selling well. And then you go to their top 10 uh, ringtones, it's two of them. Wow. No kidding. Yeah. And wow. so it's fun, though, to go on the Internet and look at all the people who say they did it. And Adam Sandler and uh, uh, Stern says it was done on his show. And then Robin Williams is accused of doing it. But we were all in the same dressing room one time. And I said, uh, you know, 
fess up that you didn't do it. And he goes, oh, I'm waiting to see what you do to these guys in here. And I'm like, yeah, talk like a duck. Say anything like a duck, Adam. Then they can't. And so uh, it's just, uh, I don't care. I mean, I really wouldn't. I don't, I don't want the attention anyway. Yeah. It's, it makes for a great story, and to know that you uh, you sent out those vibrations into the uh, into the world that it was is so something that you perpetuated and watched to flourish across the planet. Uh, yeah, awesome. for being white trash from Alabama and growing up with dirt floors, it's a long way to go. And people, they uh, every it's a, it's crazy how many people are. It's like going to a Skinner concert. They just sit there the whole time waiting for Freebird. And so yeah. it doesn't matter how good my jokes are or whatever, they're going, he's going to do it. He's about to do it. He's <laughs> going to, oh, he can go pay. He's not going to do it. And then as soon as somebody sees him, make it up, I'll <laughs> go on. And so, you know, it's a, it's, it's a good thing. It's a bad thing. It's it, If I ever get in any kind of trouble in my show, that'll, I, uh-oh, I am a, Good boy most of the time, but sometimes I'm not. And if I'm good, I get a popsicle. <laughs> but if I don't be good, I don't get a popsicle. And that doesn't matter because I only keep the popsicles. And so when they go to sleep, I get as many fucking popsicles as I want. That's right. I sell fucking popsicles, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and sing. Uh, so Jeff, did he did he do this? Uh, <laughs> did he do this voice a lot on the on the road when you were driving him around from? Uh, no, not at no, all. No. Okay, most of the time if I was lucky, he'd go to sleep. Is that right? Um, <laughs> uh, he's a great he's a great guy to be on the road with because I got to see a lot of the country that I wouldn't have seen otherwise. Yeah. Um, and it turns out no matter what state you're driving through at four in the morning, it all looks the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We were driving through Iowa, and he's like. Hey, look out the window to your right. That's where Buddy Holly crashed. It's a, it's like pitch black and it's a big field. And I'm like, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> we weren't really in highway either, but he thought we were. I don't know. Right? All yeah. I know is he drove. I navigated, so I take us really the wrong way. That was back before all this GPS stuff. That was well, it quest. Tur- turns out you really got to know when that light comes on that says low fuel. You you should probably stop. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know the car. And, uh-huh. uh, anyway. Um, no, it's uh, it it was it was it was it was interesting to do all that kind of stuff. But we he he was what he said earlier was true though. Like, uh, and it's it, it's part of his act too. It's like if um, when you're when you're in the car, it was his rules, you know. And so we didn't turn the radio on because he was he was on the phone. He was doing. I'm just I'm just driving. He's like making contracts, making deals, doing something. Um, so the whole time, uh, I'm just driving and I'm just silent. It could be eight hours of just, you know putting down the road and, and you want to say something because you're like kind of getting sleepy but mm-hmm. he just kept mountain dew mountain dew mountain right. dew snickers bar snickers bar. No, you're but i was also a different size well that time yeah too. <laughs> i was <You're> big and <laughs> I've, lost, I've lost a little weight since then but um a little he i have pictures of when we go out and he's got his arm around fred bird and uh louie and then he's leaning down because they're littler than him. <laughs> in fact, we were up in Wisconsin. We drove in to the oh, diner God. and it has a, it was like just Wisconsin, a little diner. And they had a thing on the wall, 57 sliders. It was a record. And you, the sliders, those little hamburger things. And uh-huh. I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> this is going to take some time. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'll have my regular. I'll just have a bowl of Rice Krispies or something. And. Uh, big and he 
he gets uh, to about 83, and I'm like, you know, you killed the record about 20 sliders ago, and you're just eating for fun now, and let's go. <laughs> and so we didn't have to pay anything, got out of there. And But the duck thing, he, he talked like a duck in the car. I didn't, but it got us, a, it's still to this day, it's like cash. If you go up to the front desk and, you know, like, sir, they're doing the little typewriter looking at the machine. Uh, we, the biggest car we have is a Ford Focus. Now, I know it sounds small because it is. And I don't want one. Oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> Shaniqua. Shaniqua, he cried. Come here. Come here, Shaniqua. I just got to telling him I ain't going to work no double shift on Saturday. I got managerial skills. I'm going to be a managerial. But listen what he said. Do it again. Uh I've been asking to get a nicer room. That ain't funny. If I be a good boy, I could try. He did it again. <laughs> <laughs> like I've been looking at my room, so tough to stay with the wall. And you're back in my mind, I hear my conscience call. Tell the man you're a girl who's as sweet as your dog. Next thing you know, we've got an Escalade, and <laughs> you go into a hotel, same thing. We've got a room that Anne Frank stayed in. Uh, no. I want something. Uh, or we could put you on top floor. <laughs> Tina. <laughs> I want you to meet Mr. Sutherland and his friend with all the luggage. And <laughs> we'd get people pull up to the hotel and I'd go in and get us checked in and go to the room, lay down and text him 343 or whatever and all right. And then he had to spend an hour bringing everything in and then have to go to the show and then come back. And I always wanted to leave that night. And I just got through driving eight hours and bringing everything in. So you're used to it. You know the way now. You know the directions you had coming here. Same thing going home. All right. Yeah, it was, uh, it was always interesting because depending on if, if it was a keynote thing, I just – I would stay in the hotel to sleep, you know, if it was because he didn't need sound cues or anything, you know, he would just do his stuff. But if it was a, if it was a corporate, that's all lies anyway. I mean, like those speakers and the, the motivational people that they forget everything you tell them by the time that key hits the door of the car. It's just, uh, it's just a scam. We did. Uh, I set him up with a gig in in, uh, in St. Louis one time where we did a convention of uh, blind business owners. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> There's only one more thing I gotta tell you, Buzz. What? They're blind. <laughs> it was it, my magic trick will be easy. It was <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> you know, because I mean I <laughs> uh, there's your elephant. <laughs> <laughs> That's called a lioness. Hey, bl blind people money is good too. You know, oh, everybody deserves to be entertained. I know, and, and you know why, why I took cash is because when he got it out, I was like, okay. And I was grabbing, and he's like, is that, a, what is that, a one or a five or a, yeah, you keep giving me ones. I make good money off of the blind. In fact, they, they had me back, but they didn't recognize me. And, so, um, and I had the weirdest experience. I'm on, uh, you know those little bumps around your nipple or braille for lick here? Because I was on the elevator, and I'm going down to the room, the ballroom, and this woman, uh, she was reading. <laughs> and uh, I think she was, but I figured scare her if I did anything, so I just let her read. And then um, 
I get down there, and it was one of the best crowds ever. They loved it. They had a great time, and they make more fun of themselves than I ever could. Well, that I ever would, and so uh, it ended up really a lot of fun. I think it was in Jeff City. It was at the Capitol, right there next door to that little barbecue place that we, yeah. that we destroyed again. You know, I'd walk. I'm a chili dog and a milkshake. All everything else. <laughs> we got a two inch trailer hook up. If you just want us to take this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we uh, we had a good time. There's a lot of long conversations about don't talk, and that's you know me talking for eight hours about don't talk, and him going. I then when he finally got a phone and a girlfriend, you don't have any idea how bad it is, and I'm like, I'm not asleep. I'll call you back. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, I had a girlfriend there that night too. <laughs> so Jeff, give us another rundown of the laughing gas comedy here in Cape Girardeau. Where can we find you? How can people get tickets? Uh, social media sites. Give us the the whole kit. And actually, we, I don't think we talked about what's going. What we're actually doing in the lounge, also like outside of the show. So if you can give us that, yeah, too. just give us the whole. Yeah, well, basically, hopefully it'll be um, like I said, it'll be the, that happy hour spot during the week. Right. You know, I want I want to open it up because this part of town doesn't really have a whole lot of options. They have some restaurants and stuff, but nothing that's. Um, they got I, a crispy cream right did, there. They, they and man, they have some a good donuts. Cream. Yeah. When yeah. that light comes on, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> There, mm-hmm. I, I like the I like the word overstimulated <laughs> um, because some of the, my uh, surrounding area businesses are very overstimulated. It's it's super loud. It's super the you know there's just so much stuff going on, and mm-hmm. so we created an environment that was a lot more just like chill. And so uh, I thought you know hey let's throw some golden teas in. Let's just have some good drinks and some cool people that work here, some good personalities, and just give people a place to hang out. So that that was the the ideal behind it. Um, you know, obviously the. It's more of icing on the cake for me. Like, even though comedy is only three days a week, um, that's going to be self-sufficient, and it's in a matter of time. It'll make sure. That, but if if we can get a, a good thing going in here, and then after the shows, we everybody comes over here. Uh, eventually, we'll get to the point where I built another stage over here, so we can do small bands, karaoke. We can mm-hmm. do. Um, eventually, we'll have like open mic competitions. We, you know, we'll do things that start cultivating Cape Girardeau's comedy scene because. We do have a very large interest in it, um, and they they need guidance. So um, we're gonna try to help them in every way we can. They've been trying to do things in other other like facilities, like downtown Cape. Um, but man, it's just so much different to perform in a bar and not a venue, right. you know. And so I try to tell these guys, I'm like, they, what you're doing is great. Trying to you know keep working on, keep writing, keep doing your stuff, but your experience is it's giving you it's giving you your chops to f- perform in front of a rough crowd instead of coming into somebody who paid to see it. Yeah. And Absolutely. so that that was the whole thing. It's like you can't just, you know, people are like why do you want to build a club just promote shows and put them on once a month and but then people have to f- follow you and all the effort that it goes into to like where are you in the same venue all the time? What's going on? I'm like, you know, it's just like a movie theater. You don't you don't go, well, there's a movie, you know, at the library and then now they're doing an outside one at the park and now they're doing like the movie if the movie f- travels then it's you're never going to find it you know so if you if you build it you know right. and it's so it's it was it was important to have one place and this facility just happened to be large enough that i mean i could have made this 
a 700 seat theater if I really wanted to. It's it was it's 7,000 square feet, and so. Um, but I didn't want that. I wanted an intimate club. I wanted it to be, you know, like every other classic comedy club. I wanted you to be like super involved and, and feel like a part of the show. And so every seat in there, you are. I mean, you're packed in there and it's just like every club in the country that was designed properly to be uh, the best optimal experience to and wear. The, all your yeah. sight lines are good. There's nothing, there's none of those big poles where right somebody's doing that the whole time uh, yeah i mean it's the only i mean there's a few there's a few i mean it's not perfect there are a few flaws but it's like you know i I couldn't have asked if i wouldn't have found this venue i still wouldn't be open i wouldn't have even tried paintball one night a week uh (laughs) like turn off all the lights and have a paintball and they don't tell you what night it is That's going to be a big You draw. don't know until you start getting pegged, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it's an advertising. Like we talked about earlier, if you're not going to tell people really where you went, then we will because the paintballs are costly. They have N2O on them. And so <laughs> that takes like four days to come off. So right. you got to go in Walmart going, I know. <laughs> I know. But, <laughs> We uh we do have uh, we do have our own Facebook page, Laughing Gas slash N two O Lounge. Eventually, I feel I'll probably have to give the lounge its own identity, um, which is more than I really care to deal with right now. I've got enough on my plate trying to keep this going. But so right now they're combined. Um, we do have a, a, a all in one website that has our calendar N two O Comedy dot com, um, and that gives you all the Q and a, as far as if you want to know the rules of the club, I mean, I've got all that listed, you know, so you know, how old you have to be, you know, that you have to have a reservation. I mean, if somebody does their research and goes in and looks at the club, you'll see who's there. You can get a bio, you can get a link to their stuff. So you can see if you like them, um, you get a little samples of that. And then, uh, eventually I will have, uh, an online buy now. Uh, I just don't have a host for that. So as soon as I can get that kink worked out, you'll be able to buy online, which will help tremendously. Uh, I heard about uh, PayPal. Is something coming out that'll do that? Do they? Yeah, I mean, like I, I thought I was gonna be able to do it with my current POS. It just, I don't <laughs> think it's gonna work right. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. uh, we, you know, if I have to go to Eventbrite or one of those, just something, I, I'll find something that works because I'm sure I'm losing money by people who are looking at it, going, "Oh, if I could just buy it right now." I mean, there's. Shows like this are very impulsive buyers. Sure. So uh, we were talking about it the other night. I mean, if you're just laying in bed at you know two in the morning, unable to sleep, and you're like, "Oh, I wonder what's who's at the club this week?" Oh crap! You know, let's buy that. But then you, if I I don't have that button there, so then you forget about it by tomorrow, and you know. Even so. more than that, most every couple or anybody, guys sitting around in an apartment or whatever at night to do the same thing, watching net, going on Netflix, going. No. And then by the time you've watched it 900 of them, you're like, there's not anything on or anything to do in this town. Now there's an answer. You know, when you get in the car and she starts, I, where are you on it? And it's the whole, I don't care. It's what you're the one. That, the, well, but where do you want to go? With all that solved now, come here. Yeah. If you want something to do, where are we going to do? Except the fact that there's not food. <laughs> not do, you, do you not see that popcorn machine, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got a point, yeah. yeah. Corn dog I, machine, <laughs> cheddar cheese back there. We have we have Sam's. We've left Sam it Club's open two nights in a row, and it's still good. <laughs> the addition of the lounge, though, is is magnificent. It's, it, it's awesome. magnificent because it, it's it's not. I mean, you're going to keep drawing people back here to the lounge. It's going to familiarize them. They're going to be a part of this entire experience. 
because if they haven't hit the comedy club yet, they're going to continue to hit the lounge. I wonder who's playing over there this this week. You know, I'm going to go check it out. Well, last night they were going. Who, what's all that laughter about? Exactly right. It's like because the they're going to be drawn a little too funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it's uh, yeah. I mean, uh, hopefully, yeah. Well, people who aren't looking for comedy who don't even know that comedy's there, they may walk in those doors and, like you said, you know, they hear that they hear that laughter and like, oh, what's going on over there? Yeah, and so. You know that it creates its own revolution, and then hopefully, you know, like I said, the comics come off stage. They come over here, and again, you get that personal interaction. Right. I mean, if you go to the movie theater, you're like, man, that was fantastic. I mean, if can you imagine if the star of the movie was in the lobby and you were just going to get to hang out with him for a while? Mm-hmm. I mean, because right. that's what these guys do. They don't they don't leave. They they love hanging out. They love talking to people. They, you know, and and so that's why they're industry. They, yeah. they they love being a part of making people happy. Um, me, I like to hide and. Uh, eventually count money <laughs> so, uh, and not just go damn it i owe how much do i owe you yeah um but um you know we've been we've been uh we've been really fortunate um i know cape Girardeau is going to support it the the out the outlash from the day that i announced everything has been when are you opening when do you open? when you open when, when you, you open, open we open i mean uh my phone's vibrating now people you know putting messages on there because i should have somebody in the box office but as a bad owner i didn't schedule anybody to be here this early and uh <laughs> i forgot that it was a day of the week i don't know but so i i, I i'm losing i you know i lose money because i don't have anybody in there and that and but that's the the excitement that the city they're calling because they can't buy online, mm-hmm. you know, right. and so I have to get all those kinks worked out. And and for being open one week, uh, and not even not even a full week yet tonight, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Um, I don't expect it to be anything less than great. And I honestly, crowd size, uh, while it is the bottom line, it's not the end game, you know, because if it's a hundred people or if it's fifty people, these guys give a hundred and ten percent. Everybody's show is always awesome. And I think that's the value that they get to take out of it and tell their friends. If they walk in here and they go, man, they were kind of slow, but man, that show was awesome. You know, I'm not going to bring comics in here who are going to just mail it in and go, I'm too cool to work for 25 people. You know what? Those 25 people paid to get in here mm-hmm. and they're going to give you a show. You know, when I did the colleges, those were the most the horrid venues ever. You're like an umzel in the cafeteria at 11 o'clock and those, they're not there to see comedy. Right. They're there either to drop class or they're there to study for a test they haven't even been to class for, or to eat, and then they're going, if I could have everybody's attention, he's Buzz. <laughs> Good friend of mine, Buzz, is going to do <laughs> jokes. Or in Miami, University of Miami, Florida, they had me on a 10-meter diving board and put everybody in the pool. Great idea when they're standing up. 15 minutes, they sat down and they don't fit anymore, and so it was just a catastrophe. <laughs> but, I mean, most comics didn't want to. Uh, Kathleen Madigan did one, and he goes, I'll never go back. And I loved it. It was really, really hard. The harder, the better for me because I knew I was going to do well. The, the people, the, any situation, and we're going to go, <laughs> wait a minute, let's this idiot over here, and then it would go well. And so... Uh, and then the other thing that is really, really important is, uh, comics don't mail it in, um, but they, they, they really try hard. Like if, uh, my family or my friend or something is in the room, they, I have a, a different show. I have a really, I have a really focused show. And if my, uh, if my friend owns a comedy club and I'm on that stage, it's a different thing there too. You know, mm-hmm. you really are, 
paying attention. And I've tried to do different stuff for the people who are coming back. And so I think that, uh, I think that that has a great deal of, uh, of, of importance because a lot of places you go, if I'm in Tulsa, uh, I'm not going to mail it in, but I'm not going to go long. If you're supposed to do 45 minutes. I'll do 44 minutes and 59 seconds. And then he's like, uh, I'm like, how much time? Jeff? And he's like, doesn't matter. You're not going to do it anyway. Cause I go long <laughs> and it's like two hours. He throws the keys in my chest and goes close up when you're done. I got <laughs> Kara's got me working in the dental thing tomorrow. So. <laughs> but that's all the way over Jackson. It's that certain smile. And his wife is the two, one four, one. three, six, eight, five, zero, uh, all accepting new patients all the time. Oh, I thought that was 16, 17, 17, 16. Go ahead. We found the suspect. Speaking of thing, that, I think we've got the dentist's office address twice, but we haven't got the address for this place yet. <laughs> well, that certain smile hey. is who makes these teeth go. <laughs> At the end of the day, <laughs> you'll, you'll find this. <laughs> yeah, we're behind the Krispy Kreme. Right. We have we have the best visibility in the world since they put a Krispy Kreme in front of us. That's why the signs are above it. Nice. So, um, you know. Their sign's actually behind another sign now. Who's this? Krispy Kreme. When you go out there, you see that some of big sign and theirs is right behind it. But oh, okay. they'll still do okay. Same, <laughs> yeah, no. same with Chick Fil A. My pleasure. Exactly. Um, yeah, our uh, box office uh, box office phone number is five seven three eight zero three three thousand three. Box office hours are Monday through Friday, t- uh, ten to five. And then, find anything in the world nowadays. You know, hey Siri, tell me how to get to the joke place. You know, it's not <laughs> like the old days where. What you gonna do? I'm gonna tell you once. It's not hard. It's evolved into more horror. You know, there's, stopping. There's a lot of things I've learned working on the road with Buzz, and um, I'd say my top three. And this is something I'm gonna pass. This is a nugget that I'm gonna pass to you, and and I steal that. I'm I'm gonna pay a tribute to the word nugget because uh, Pete Darnell, if you're listening, he was one of my instructors as a respiratory therapist, and he used to give us nuggets. Uh, so I'm going to give him credit. I'm not going to steal it. But we nugget, call, we call that a, like a really good bud, <laughs> right? <laughs> the uh, the nugget I'm going to give you that I learned on the road with Buzz is that the only enemy of cheese is the air. Just remember that. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that close. <laughs> Just let you know. Amen. Amen. Let's go to commercial. My, my life, my life is done. I'm, I've learned all I need to learn. <laughs> well, let me tell you guys, this is a fantastic place, and I can just imagine the vibe is going to be spectacular when the crowd's here. Well, it's the thing. I mean, that theater—it's just and nobody cares about the the other side of the microphone when you go to a comedy club. It's mm-hmm. the uh, most of the mics are like that, and it cut out, and so ever. And the audience is going, I need a Q-tip or something because this is, I, are you hearing, or they're, uh, and I told them, I said, if you bring a pear with mayonnaise in it again and call it an appetizer, I'm going to kick your ass, woman. And uh, my mom said, well, I'll make something else. And so you got those people talking, you don't have it in here. And as an entertainer, the, be able to hear so well yourself. And you know, the lights are it's like shares there, you know, it's just like, and then it's just a great, great atmosphere. And so it's really a lot. You're not scared and worried about scaffolding. And if the Filipino above you is going to understand the cue or whatever that you have, it's, uh, uh, it's really, really like these sofas were sitting. It's comfortable to be up there. And then, uh, 
kept they're kind of reserved for and then all of a sudden they can't take it anymore and they, I have to talk to you <laughs> oh, okay well slow down buddy it's uh I don't have part of my right hand finger okay well uh I like mayonnaise as a sandwich spread you know what else yeah I mean you're going to Denny's tomorrow and talk this out but I gotta work right now okay <laughs> That's weird. Must be bring a weirdo night. You want my number? I know it. Seven. If you go to the motel, I'm at the jury in room G. Okay. And so uh, it's weird that uh, in they're either like last night we had uh, ZZ Top in here. They had, everybody had a beard that went to past their nipples. It's like they don't have chest hair, so they just drove hair all the way down to their belt line. And uh, it, they're just so nice. And I couldn't have been meaner or made more fun of the uh, Daryl, 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 and Humpty. There's four of them over there, and uh, I don't know the, any vehicle that, and I'm dump trucks, anything that could carry these four men. I mean, they're. Mm. Got them up there, and they're just holding my hand, and I'm, I can't quit you. It's like broke about mountain, and had a blast. Came up and thanked me after the show and bought a T-shirt, and I was like, here's a double XL. It's a goal weight. <laughs> You'll never make it, though. That's, uh, it's uh, not going to. But they're so nice, and then uh, there's so much. It's so eclectic. you got a, a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many different uh you know, it's just, it's really a melting pot in there. And then that's what comedy does. There's two businesses that you can always uh, be in that are not going to have, uh, you know, these recessions. But it's uh, entertainment, entertainment, like uh, your podcast or a comedian or whatever. It uh, gives you hope. It gives you happiness and makes you want to live for tomorrow. And then, of course, health care. People always need health care. And, so, mm-hmm. um, and then if you come here and you get both. You know, because you can get laughter, and then either I'll fix it, whatever's wrong with you, or you can go to care at that certain smile over in Jackson. Give the number. Two four three six eight five zero nine one five Gerald Street, Jackson, Missouri. I'm going to plug something. I got my mind made up. And then we also have, uh, as a registered respiratory therapist, I mean, we generally have multiple healthcare professionals in the audience at all times. So, I mean, nice. if you stop breathing, yeah. I can do high-quality CPR and make sure that you uh, stay alive. And That's important. So yeah. get a club. If, you know, if he ends up throwing a, a deck of cards that you didn't hit you in the forehead or a pack of floss, uh, I mean, he can just pop you right in the head and, and we can get you in that dental chair. Both of those things you. have happened this week. Okay. <laughs> and his daughter Lila has a scooter, or what is that thing? So, oh, it's a um, the razor, the, the razor, little, the razor, the little scooter, scooter uh-huh, two wheel yeah. thing with like a handlebar. It's all messed up. <laughs> I have to show you the video. Of this oh my, yeah. I wrote it off her. She's got a big uh, one of those. Uh, it's a um, playhouse, playhouse with the slides and the swings, oh, and, wow. and then a fort up top and with a roof on that. And I got up there, wrote it off on Easter Sunday. On Easter Sunday, nailed it. She triple dog dared him, and it. Yeah, it didn't on. go well. Yeah, it's There's on. no way around it went that. Awesome. Well, the okay. Well, take one was awesome. Take two, I can't believe it even happened. And the third one, I, I you just have the to fourth see it. one was off the roof of the house, but he'd already they'd all gone. I went to ask the neighbor to borrow a ladder, and he'd already been up there and done before I even oh my asked. Him, so. <laughs> Made it nice. <laughs> But he's right. I mean, it looked real good halfway through, but then it was in the agony of defeat. That's <laughs> that skier that was always upside down at the thing, and it went hard. And his daughter, she's the most sweet soul in the world, comes running over, and uh, and I'm laying on the ground going, oh, 
it's, this is the end. And all of a sudden, this unbelievable pain is in the middle of my chest. And she's giving me CPR, but not the right way. <laughs> <laughs> she's like pushing my sternum down to the Do ground. And I'm going, no! And I look up, and I'm like, there's a little girl there. I'm like, why do you hate me? And, <laughs> and, uh, and she's like, you need to do it again. You just messed up at the very end. You could do it. All right. And then going up those stairs with that scooter, I got it caught in my scooter. And <laughs> you know, that's when you slow down, when you got that kind of issue going on. And then she pushes me, and so I just turn around and go again. That was the worst one because I, I ran out of real estate and – uh, there's not a lot of flexibility in concrete and wood decking <laughs> there. It turns out at the bottom of the slide, there's about four feet from the bottom of the slide to a uh, deck post. I we didn't take that into the equation when we figured how the trajectory of this <laughs> Razor scooter down the slide would go and where his head would end up. But, I reckon. Um, the marks are gone. Mm, they ain't gone. <laughs> Some things never go away. I do I have to... He brought, he, brought up, he brought up something um, that... I wanted to save towards the end of this. I know you guys probably want to wrap it up, but I do want to bring up that um, we're going to have the th- I still want to talk this. about the lounge is going to turn into a blues uh, team following uh, cheerleading watch party. Yeah, we're well, I'm hoping, no, not, I'm, hoping to make this the, uh, I'm hoping to make this kind of like the blues uh, outpost for Southeast Missouri because obviously hockey is uh, tragically not represented down here. Right. Yeah, but it's so, represented at his house downstairs where I live. There's mannequins. Don't dressed. stop. Shut. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was getting up in the middle of the night. Do you know how much I think? Nobody needs to know where that's at. Well, <laughs> I tell you what, when I come out of the restroom and Demetrius taking me into the wall, uh, I'd I have a different restroom deal there, and <laughs> you can always tell when Kara wakes up. <laughs> oh Lord, what happened? He came down here, and I had Pronger over here, and they were like, you know, they got gloves and sticks and the whole thing, skates, and um, you know, when you're laying there, it's hard not to go, huh? Did you say something? Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. And then everybody's like, oh, you're an addict. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm dealing with so much, you know, and so you can never have, make everybody happy. You can't at the rehab because I keep coming back, and so they uh, they love me up there. <laughs> Told you you wouldn't make it. All right, get in here. You know where your room is. We didn't even take your posters down. I still got a fair faucet poster up there from 78 in my Jaws shirt. That was a good year. That was a good year. Yeah, it was a good year. So what were you wanting to say till the end? Um, well, basically, um, you know, I, I wanted to give proper attention to my daughter uh, because she's primarily the reason all this even happened. I mean, it's something it's something that I wanted to do, but I wanted to uh, I wanted to provide her <laughs> a legacy, you know. And so I think that when you you've probably never I don't think you guys have met my daughter. Yeah, we have. She uh, was yeah, she was there. Did she, was she there? Oh yeah, she was while we were recording. She uh-huh. was she was yep, she watching came her tablet with us for a minute. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um she uh she is a ham and she is going to be she's going to be something. Like and, and There's that's some poor man walking or a little boy walking around on this earth right now thinking his life is wonderful. And yeah. She's going to earn that. <laughs> she, she's going to earn it bad. I, I, I don't know I don't know what's in store for her in life, but it's it's I gonna do. be it's gonna be big, whatever it is. And so and and not just in physically because I'm six seven or mom's six foot. So I mean she's <laughs> she's gonna be big figuratively and literally. Uh-huh. Um but the thing is is like she was 
the honorable first comedian to tell a joke on stage. You nice. Know? Awesome. Uh, as far Thanks. as now, <laughs> not to disrespect, not to just because Buzz will always be our first headliner. Um, but the first person to go up in front of a paid audience and tell a joke was my daughter. I brought her up and let her tell oh, last some night jokes. She and uh, so you Jay-Z can actually see the follow. clip online. You can see the, the video of her. She did uh, three or four jokes. And to be seven years old and go up in front of any amount of people, whether it's Thursday night with 30 people or, you know, I, I've had her on stage in St. Louis in front of 300. She's and smart. She's crazier smart than that, though. I mean, she's uh, she's just so, she's an adult. She's grown up around comedians, uh, famous people. She knows the, the nightlife and she's seven. And so I was picking her up when he had his surgery. I was picking her up from school and um she calls me her man child. And it's because we play hanging out and everything. And I was talking to the teachers when they're calling her people from the room. And then every day they're going, uh, are you going to be there tonight? When are you going to open? And I was being funny for them. And the principal goes, I want you to go on speaker and say, and you can hear Lila go, nope. <laughs> Don't let him go on there. I'm telling you, he's not. I just want you to tell everybody to, and then one of your voices, you pick the voice and say, everybody, school's dismissed. And then Dr. Lyle's going, call my mom. Call my mom. She'll tell you. And this is the truth. She, call my mom. She'll tell you he should not get on that speaker. And um, she gave it to me. And <laughs> Don't believe your teachers. Your teachers are liars. All right, man, child, in the car. I told you. I tried to tell you. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll bring more koozies. Yeah, his daughter took uh, beer koozies for the teachers. She, nice. She, uh, I, I picked her up from school one day, just actually a couple weeks ago, and the principal walked up to me, and she goes, uh, your daughter walked up to me and, and handed me a koozie and said, here, you can put a cold drink in there or beer or whatever you want, and uh, this is on the house. And uh, said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to pass out some more merch. I mean, this is merch, out, come, yeah, merch. merch. Yeah. She's, yeah. I mean, seven year old bringing it down. You know, I right. mean. Uh, and then even just this week, I picked her up uh, from the after school kids club. And as I'm waiting, uh, I was talking to the girl who checks in and out. And Lila comes walking down and asks the lady how if she was 21. And she didn't. Or she goes, she goes, uh, no, no. She goes, well, if you're not 21, you can't come to Laughing Gas Comedy. And uh, I'm like, look at that. This yeah. little kid, no matter, I mean, who knows what she talked. And yesterday, she wanted to take two t-shirts for the, their morning meeting, whatever that is. She gave the, fir- the first grade class a presentation on laughing gas comedy. I mean, like, she, she's, she couldn't be more excited, but yet she hates it because she's like, <laughs> this is cutting into family time, mm. you know? And so she, you know, she's, she's excited about it. She loves the fact that she owns a stage and a microphone and lights, and she can go up there and sing and dance and do whatever she wants she's to. mic drop. Mm. She was up there singing just while they're just guys were walking. She's doing stuff. something. She's singing a song, singing that she made up, and, and then she takes her mic and which, like this and acts like she's dropping it in her hand, and then she goes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, we we headed it all the way down to just that thing. It's all the time. When we wake up, we watch her mic drop. When we go to bed, we watch the mic drop. And <laughs> I watch it all the time because that little girl is uh, absolutely amazing. I mean, she. Uh, She'll, uh, we go to, to hockey games. I, they take me to hockey games. Me and Lila sit together and, uh, she's this cutest. And, uh, they, she uh, says, I love you to her mom and her dad. And then I said, uh, last time I was leaving, I said, uh, I love you, Lila. And she goes, I like you. And I go, why do you say that you like me? I said, I love you. And she goes, it's weird. And 
And uh, then so uh, I said, oh, I love you. And then I, I had to go back in and get something. And Kara was all the way back in the kitchen. Lila was still by the living room. And she and I started walking by her. She goes, I do love you. And I was like, oh, how sweet is that? Yeah. And then uh, when I came back this time, I was like, oh, she's going to be all over me. And I said, I love you, Lila. And she goes, yeah, that's, that's over with. So I, <laughs> she puts on earphones and... <laughs> The plug's hanging on the ground, Lila. Plug it into the <laughs> iPad. At least do that for me. If you're going to watch Pig, whatever it is. Uh, I know how to, I learned how to play Baby Shark on the piano for her. And so we, we have a lot of, we build forts. We, uh, we spend a lot of time. I'm not allowed at school anymore, though. That, that whole thing's over with. She's, she's effectively perfected sarcasm at a seven and just, I think I'm the only one she doesn't give it back to a whole lot because I got that whole, you know, daddy thing going. But, like, the battles that her and her mom have, the battles that she'll – I mean, she will confront anybody about anything. Oh, she and will. No and no problem at all doing that. It's, oh, it's Buzz, a lot of times you're funny, and then there's now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I've learned that with her or Carol, if they say anything, doesn't matter what you feel or think that's wrong, just go with that because at the end of the day, yeah, they're going to do something that's going to hurt. <laughs> they playing all the time. They're always playing. And, and, and Kara's got access to medication, and Lila does that little thing with the cheese, and next thing you know, I've been out for three days, and everything's shaved from my eyebrows down. and. Or you wake up covered in marker. Yeah, I, uh, they, they. I passed out one night from what well, I, I took like a, some antihistamine and a gallon of bourbon or something, and, and I'm. Uh, I woke up the next morning with Paul Stanley drawn on my face. I'm like, I was hammered. If I drew that on my face, I, I got to do something before they find out about it, and then walk out. What did you, I thought we drew a Paul Stanley on your face. I'm like, I thought I drew Paul Stanley on my face. <laughs> I got the same feeling I did when I woke up under the arch with only denim shorts on and they weren't mine. <laughs> you look up and you see the arch, you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> I wrecked. I hit something. And then the, yeah, these denim shorts are getting too – they don't have denim shorts. <laughs> and they're Daisy Duke shorts, you know, and – uh all I, all I found was a tampon in the pocket. So I'm trying, <laughs> trying to get somebody's name or something, a billfold, and find my uh, good shorts or whatever I was in. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, it's a crazy thing to be in that house over there because she's she's an adult. I mean, at seven years old, she's pretty much the smartest one there. And she knows so much from watching anything. You can go on YouTube and research anything. And so I'll start to tell her a joke or do a magic trick. She says, I know this one. And she was watching jokes last night. I go into the, she's watching comedy specials and calling me a hack and telling me, uh, you know, get your stuff ready because I'm going on tomorrow night. All right. Oh, well, she wants to be on America's Got Talent. Nice. Tell her dream big. Well, and she, right. she's, yeah, like I said, she's fearless. I mean, Taylor Swift came to St. Louis over this uh, winter, I guess, sometime. I forget when. It was a few mm -hmm. months ago, and she, she challenged her to a dance-off. We taped it and sent it on, like, Twitter and, and uh, Instagram. Because you hear you see those things on, like, Ellen and all that, and all of a sudden she shows up and gives you tickets. Because mm -hmm. she wanted to go to the concert, but I'm not going to pay $100 that to bitch. take a seven-year-old to Taylor Swift. Right. So I'm like, you know what? Let's see if you can earn some tickets. Let's see. you know. There so you we go. just we taped it. We played Bad Blood, and she was dancing, and she goes, oh, uh, Taylor, 
I'm challenging you to a dance off. If I win, I get tickets to your show. And if you win, you get tickets to our show when we open, <laughs> which who knew it would be a year later. Uh-huh. Um, but Taylor didn't see it, whatever the case is. We didn't, nothing happened, but she had fun doing it. And then we watched America's Got Talent and she's like, Hey, dad, would you take me to tryouts whenever they're in South? I go, What do you want to do? She's like, mm, I think I'll tap dance. She doesn't know how to tap dance. <laughs> you know, so she's just like, so they went to like the thrift store and found some tap shoes that are four sizes too big. And she just clods around the house going, You think that'll win? Yep. <laughs> sure do. I mean, because that's all I'm going to do. I'm going to encourage her no matter what she wants to do. I mean, because she can and will do anything she wants to do. And uh, Active shooter. <laughs> you know, she. Go she, ahead, girl. I'll encourage her to do whatever she wants to do. Danny, I need AR. All right. She used to. I that's mean, my girl on TV right there. I've got video. I've got video of her like two, three, four years old teaching people. I'd be like, all right, this is Lila showing everybody how to hopscotch, you know, and she'd be like throwing the rock and be like the, the things on the ground over here and she'd throw a rock over there and she'd just hop on, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, she, uh, she, uh, would totally just, she'll do whatever you tell her to. And then she does more. So, you know, so big shout out to Lila. Kara. Uh, biggest shout out to Lila and Kara, Kara. And a certain smile over in Jackson, yeah. Missouri. And, and the guys here at Cerebral Entertainment, I want to thank you so much for, uh, supporting Jeff because, uh, he is my closest family. I mean, mm-hmm. literally he is the closest person I got in my life as a friend or family. And, um, to see what he's doing is is it can be considered selfish, but it's so selfless because he's bringing such a great quality thing to such a town that it's going to enjoy it so much. Mm-hmm. And he also has backstage access to uh, some people that all he has to do is call them and they'll go. It wouldn't be about a negotiating thing. It's about uh, when when do you need me? Because uh, he's uh, been in the business a long time. He knows all about it and. Uh, he cares about every single person in there, but especially uh, being a narcissist, like you said, I only give a damn about me. And my microphone works great, and his policies, he's got a, uh, a stoplight on the wall, so it's red, yellow, and green, meaning different things on your time. And mm-hmm. it's just really, really set up so it's so – if you don't do well here – okay, here's what it is. Mm-hmm. If you don't – as a comedian, if you don't do well in there, you need to quit. Just get out now because – it's just going to get way worse. There's no way that you can do better than there. That's where, uh, if you're going to go headline somewhere, go over to Kankakee, Illinois at Chuckles and then do that night because you're going to mess up your first times out. You don't want to mess up in here. This is going to be the place where people, and like he said, I, now I'm getting all sorts of things, messages from comics going, Hey, uh, tell him. You haven't messaged me in five years, an idiot. You still owe me a dime bag from back in <laughs> San Antonio. And and then other thing is I've gotten 300 people asking for tickets to come to this thing. You know, and it's like uh, you can't open a club and just give everybody a free ticket to come to this thing. And it's not going to be too long before uh, the value of that seat's going to be so, so good because uh, – it's going to be a funny thing to look at the people outside when he has to go, folks, sorry, but I've been standing here for two dozen donuts. <laughs> what do you mean for two? <laughs> I've eaten two boxes, glazed, and then I had one with sprinkles. And 
And so it's going to be, it's word of mouth and, and when you see it, when you see it live. Mm-hmm. I don't do well on television or on tape or, or video or, or AVI or whatever you can beg and all that stuff. But live is when, uh, the good things happen. When, uh, I got a new kitty. Uh oh. Sorry. We'll take a break right now. We're going to deal with Luther. <laughs> Tell me about kitten. There's a, there's, well, there's a, there's a saying in comedy. I mean, you know, either you're going to see a great show. Or you're going to see a fantastic show. And even if the show goes bad, it's still going to be a great show. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it doesn't, and, and comedy is subjective. So, you know, when people call, they, as, as some of my staff, nobody has any experience in comedy. So, at the people who answer the phones, I pretty much have to give them a script of what I know what they're going to ask you. So, here's the questions. Number one, are they funny? Nah. Seriously. Like, I mean, I, I mean okay. they could be if you're really high. <laughs> you know, and how do you how do you answer that without being sarcastic? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, right. like, I hope so. Or right. la- I hope it's better than last time. You know, I mean, it's just like, what do you, you know? So, I mean, like I said at the beginning of this whole thing, I have a very, I have a very challenging task of making sure people understand what comedy is, because we all have our concepts of what it is because what we see on TV. But if you've never been to something like this, buckle up, man. Mm-hmm. You know, like well, you're about to get your experience of your lifetime because. Er- er- like you said, it, it's live. There's no redo, you know, and so. Well, people watch Letterman and or Leno or Fallon or any of those things. You get six minutes. You get six minutes tops. And so, um, you know, when you see somebody six minutes, you, you know that's their best six minutes. You're not going to go on and go, well, I'm not going to do my A material. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do something that they just go, huh. they're doing their best six minutes. But what's the other 54 minutes like? And right. so. Um, he knows what it's like. He knows these guys. He's seen them, and um, they're solid. And so, like you said, you're going to get uh, – there's three things that can happen to, when you're the comics on stage. You either watch them, and they're got a cocky attitude, and they're you just going, oh, I don't like this guy, and, then, and whatever. And then there's the ones that are, do real well, and you love them, and you, you laugh at them. And then there's ones that try real hard, and they, we want them to be good, but they – aren't laughing or they aren't getting any laughs and you just feel it's awkward as all get outs well two of those things aren't going to happen there's going to be people that come in here that uh it's a brand you know you're it when i got started you could mess up in sacramento on a friday night and and two months later they'd find out about it in sarasota florida you know now if you mess up in laughing gas comedy at uh 7 30 on a saturday night they'll know about it in Singapore by eight o'clock. And right. so the web is the web. And right. so uh, you have to live by that. And this fella Yelp, <laughs> he's angry, isn't he? <laughs> Tends he to be, yeah. can't find something to eat apparently. But, uh, you know, everybody's, cause the world's changing. It's just getting so crazy. But the comfort of everything, everybody wants to be comfortable. You can count on great entertainment. And they got to do something about the drinks. They're, they're too strong over there. This is like, a, you know, I, let me have one. I'll have one. And I'm like, someone take a nap. Y'all just talk amongst yourselves. And I'll, what was in that? And so you set a shot. And so it's, uh, it's so comfortable. And the entertainment is going to be so good that they're so comfortable because everybody's right there. It's like a living room. And then 
that's when it is really, really fun. Going to see Tom, I was on tour with Tom Petty. A lot of people who had like 20 hits in a row and you're like, oh, I forgot they sing this song. It was so great to do, to go to somebody who got hit after hit after hit. Mm. And uh, the people he brings in are going to, most every one of their jokes, other comics will be using as their closer. And so uh, it's not going to be the guy you see on television that uh, has six minutes of comedy and then he uh, goes Dane Cook on you. And, and uh, it's, uh, it's really a solid operation from head to toe. And so it's uh, taken an extra six months to open up and it's been worth it because this room's going to have a beautiful view to it too. And it's uh, going to be so, so much a destination for people to go and hang out and pick up. Yep. Well, it's been our pleasure to follow you. Yeah, thanks so, so much far. for coming. I appreciate and, uh, it. Yeah, we we love uh, we love what you're doing here. We've, ever since we first stepped foot in this place, in your vision, it was exciting, even though we couldn't see it through your eyes. Now we do, and it's just great you to see it come see to it fruition. Through his eyes. <laughs> My mama always said podcasts were like a box of chocolates. I'm a smart. Buzz, it's been great to, to meet you as well. I appreciate uh, we're, it. We're going to, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I enjoy meeting you, too. <laughs> we're going to uh, also direct our listeners to find you, follow you around. You're on social media. Right. right? You do those I, I am. I've got a, I've, my, my whole uh, Pinterest is messed up right now. <laughs> okay. It is. And my MySpace is running strong. <laughs> got a lot of new video on it. And the video's up and... We're real excited about this Snapchat thing. It's going to take off real soon, but it's not too hard. My website is, uh, is a, it's really hard to get to buzzsutherland.com. And so. Is that two Z's? Just one? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, two Z's. <laughs> and then, uh, and then the Prince sign that he changed his the name to. Right. Okay. And then, of course, Sutherland spelled with two G's. Okay. So. <laughs> it's like Chardet. <laughs> Right, so we'll, we'll just do our best to find you through all that. And, oh, I'm uh, right here. <laughs> I'll find you. He turn he turns up. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and I'd also like to uh, while I have your ear for all of those of you that are listening that uh, are in any of the five branches of our service. I want to thank you so much for giving us the blessing of having the freedoms to do what we're doing right now. Uh, God be with all of our men and women of the military that's awesome Absolutely. yeah that's awesome and so with that ladies and gentlemen buzz sutherland jeff johnson laughing gas comedy cape Girardeau, missouri come down here be a part of it you're not going to want to miss it appreciate you guys for coming on this is awesome thanks, thanks a lot, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Thank appreciate you. it all right my mom always said podcasts are like a box of chocolate you never know what you're going to get Thanks again to Jeff Johnson of Laughing Gas Comedy and Buzz Sutherland. And of course, thank you to the CEP listener. Remember that word of mouth is such a great thing, so tell your friends and fam about our humble yet totally incredible and awesome show. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast where all great podcasts can be downloaded so you can keep the variety coming straight to those ear holes all day long. We want to keep those brains warm, but until next time we meet, you're going to have to do it on your own. So as always, please remember to keep those big, beautiful brains of yours nice and toasty. We'll see ya.